Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Lovely to have you with us, friends. Uh, Here we are on uh, Word Up at Bright City Church. Great to have the three of us together again. Uh, Ben and Akin, lovely to have you with us. Pastor Akin, great to see you. Ben, great to have you back after uh, a couple of sessions where you had to work. And lovely to have you all joining us, friends. Thank you for saying hi. Well, here we are. We're looking at the um, the book of Revelation, as we all know, and we're into chapter three. We're starting tonight. And uh, don't forget the book of Revelation. So we know, don't we, there's a special blessing, a special blessing for all those who read the book. So Ben, Akin and myself, we're going to be blessed and a special blessing, it says, for those who hear the words of this prophecy. So you've got a special blessing. But I also remind you right at the end of the book, it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Does it really say that? All my life. And it said, if anyone takes any words away from this prophecy, God will take away from him the share in the tree of life. Now, did you hear that in the preaching in your church? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> look, we, we have to come under the scriptures. And um, so is that encouraging or not? <laughs> come on, chaps, help me out here. Who's going to come in? We want to get off on the right foot. Encouraging, encouraging us to be faithful. Yes, ben. yes ben. It's encouraging us. To be faithful, it's encouraging us to have that reverend awe and 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 fear of the Lord, isn't it? Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and and we should always remind ourselves, Boston, who who is giving us the instructions as well. You know, it's the the one who who died on the cross for us, the one who loves us so much that he gave up all that he had in order to uh, give this 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 gift of eternal life. So we shouldn't forget that he isn't one who some people think has got that. Uh, you know, he's got that. He's got those lightning bolts, and he's just waiting for someone to slip up and he's sending them down no no that he you know he he's the true uh the loving living god and uh, yes. we've always got to keep that in mind absolutely thank you fantastic Amen. okay we're going to hopefully look at we, we've decided get through the two of the churches in chapter three just to say there are seven churches the letters to the seven churches we're studying right now in our portion of of Revelation. And we've got to, let me think now, we've got to Sardis, which is in our list. One, two, three, four. It's church number five. So we'll be looking at Sardis and Philadelphia tonight. And then will be the last church left. Laodicea will be the last one. And and there's a certain pattern in which the these churches have been laid out. You know, it's they're being evaluated, if you like, by Jesus. And, and we are to you know, listen to his evaluation and apply it to our own lives, our own churches, our own uh, spiritual condition, if you like. And and the pattern of the evaluation is, you know, the first one is is pretty poor, pretty bad, spiritually bad. You've got bad, good, and then a mix of good and bad, mix of good and bad, mix of good and bad, then good 
and bad. It's this pattern A, B, C, 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 B, A. There you are. I give that one as a freebie. But uh, we are now on Sardis, which is a mix. So here we go. Let's read um, verses 1 to 13, and then that'll cover the two churches. Right. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They walk with me, dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that's to the church in Sardis. Then to verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Right. OK, so uh, let's have a look at those. We're in uh, to the church in Sardis. So what do we know about Sardis, anyone? Um, ben, have you got any info on Sardis to kick us off? Yeah, there was a, an interesting uh, bit that I read um, related to the first kind of thing that he says about them. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Uh, apparently, according to this commentary that I read, on uh, the two hills that kind of on the opposing sides of um, Sardis, you've got one hill the Acropolis which is like a, a temple which was a lively 
place of uh, of worship and um or commerce or whatever the, the greeks did and then on the other side you've got the necropolis which is like the the, the graveyard and it, it was almost as if uh, as we see in a lot of these kind of examples and as we'll see with laodicea that um, john picks out things that are specific to their location being alive and being dead being contrasted by the acropolis and the necropolis um either side of of the hills right uh, in so yeah i thought that was interesting if you go through the, the the different churches but especially laodicea when we get there you, you see how they they pick out things that are common to the, the the cities that they're talking about to kind of use in the message um much yeah, like as a paul, metaphor sort of thing yeah much like paul did when he, he you know he used uh, on mars hill when he pointed to the the uh monument to the unknown god and said well you know that's the that's the god that i know and this is the unknown god that i'm going to proclaim to you you know you, they use what was there visually uh to kind of hammer the message home um, yes. same with jesus you know with the kind of agricultural metaphors and stuff of the time um so yeah that's that's what i picked up about um sardis yes uh, yes yes i i read it was um originally was the capital of the lydian kingdom and um there was a King Croesus, who, um, you know, people may have heard used in a phrase as rich as Croesus. There was, a, there was a lot of silver and gold in this place. It was quite wealthy. And the first place to, I read again, to where silver and gold, silver and gold coins were minted. And so, uh, I mean, even my mum used to use the phrase, oh, as rich as Croesus. So uh, that's where it comes from, yeah, from this place, Sardis. So there was a, there was wealth in this place. And, um, yeah, we'll get to see that even the church, it seems, you know, had this good reputation maybe, um, and, and yet, so maybe, uh, maybe they were wealthy, comfortable. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So there was an outward appearance. Again, you, you, you kind of talked about these the metaphors of, you know, seemingly spiritual alive, but the spiritual condition, you know, the neck necropolis, the, the death mm. being actually dead underneath. And even Jesus talked about whitewashed tombs, didn't he? Now, yeah. Pastor Akin, yeah. what, did you get anything in this um, sort of introduction into the Church of Sardis? Sardis, yes. Um, um, what, what I came across in... Um, the the comments that I was reading was just what you what you said about the the city being quite wealthy, known for being a, a very wealthy city. Um, I also read about the um, apparently there were these great walls that surrounded the city, and uh, the people because as a result of the the walls surrounding the city, they felt quite um, uh, what's that word now? They quite quite safe and secure with those walls and didn't feel that they could be invaded by armies as a result of those walls. And there was a quite an, an, an interesting story, but the fact that they 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 were the people, even though they were um, they had the walls and they were quite wealthy, but they were also they were a little they were a little bit so we can say use the word lax or a bit lazy, um, in the sense that they were soft because of the, all of the wealth that they had and um, the apparent security of their city. And there, there was a story of I can't remember which which king I don't know if it was Cyrus or some other. Uh, king had come against them and um, what they had done is that he had said you know if anyone can find a way into this city you know there'll be great rewards for them and what one of the uh, captains apparently had done is that he set a watch over the city 
and then when one of the guards on the walls of the city he dropped his helmet and, this, and that was just a, a reflection of how complacent they were so he dropped his helmet and there was actually a secret um pathway in which he could climb down the wall uh, so he climbed down the wall to get his helmet and while he did that this army saw him so they used that path to get into the city without actually having a, to battle against it. So, nice, um, yes. and um, as, as Ben was saying, you will see that this is like a, a reflection of the church there as well, that at some point they became, because of all the things that they were doing, the money they had, the soft life that they were living, um, that they, they became a bit complacent and they yes. were quite happy to just keep That's doing it. things in the same old way without mm. making any change. And even though they seem to be alive on the outside with all their activities, there was that um, there was that deadness to the church in that sense that uh, you know that they they were um, complacent as it were yeah, with, yeah. with what thank they had. You. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Yes, very, as Steve says there, um, you know, thanks, Steve. Yeah, God wants is interested in the substance. You know, we can think of the heart, what's actually going on underneath and inside, rather than the image, the outside. And uh, as Jay says, reminds her of the sort of consumerist mega churches or even the consumerism type of church that we might see or we might even be you know at risk of becoming ourselves god is really interested in the heart and 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 when he talks about being alive and and dead and and waking up from obviously sleepiness and this is this is talking of spiritual condition we know this is, um, you know, a metaphor for our spiritual condition. Ben, sorry, you, you're going to break in there. I was going to say as well, there, there is a, um, a, a large synagogue there in, uh, in Sardis. And apparently some of the, the engravings on the wall, the iconography on the wall, had evidence to show that they were quite culturally integrated with the city that they were living in. And uh, that kind of points again to a kind of spiritual... Um, uh, laziness Malaise, if you like sort of thing. yeah yeah like the jews are well known through history for for not compromising the, the thing that uh, distinguished them was that they held on to their faith and their, their you know their practices and uh the fact that there are you know some murals and stuff that suggest they were quite culturally integrated shows that they were kind of being assimilated into their culture and in the same way you know the church was probably quite linked in a way to the the jewish people of the time um, being ex-Jews and uh, becoming Christians if you like ex-Jews I mean Jews that are, are, are now become Jews Messianic Jews and Jews. you know yeah. yeah that would translate as well to the church so, you know in what they're saying you know you're you're alive in in image because uh, you maybe feel you're a, a lively church or whatever but you know where's the where's the substance uh, Steve was saying where's Where's the depth? Because if you're yeah. compromising, then you're, you know, you're, you're not true, are you? If you're compromising your faith, and uh, that's, you know, that's what the world wants us to do anyway with with our faith these days. You know, they're always pointing towards the Bible, saying, "Oh, it needs updating. Uh, it's stuff in there is not relevant anymore to society." Whereas, you know, we're dealing with eternal things that are eternal. Uh, and are not not to be changed and that's you know that's the work of theology to work those out in 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 uh, society in new ways but never to be diluted paul talks about that quite a lot you know dilution uh, and you know whereas we're meant to be concentrated and salty the ones who bring the flavor in, in a world that is constantly 
compromising and so forth. Great, thank you, yes. Now he says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. You know, is this who's is this a call to the leadership to strengthen those who remain true, uh, but also are at risk of of spiritual death through the you know the influence of what's going on? Um, but it, it's it's also a call to the individuals strengthen. You know, we 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 hear the word, don't we? Fan into flame that which is almost you know we think of a uh, dying embers, but uh, God says fan into flame. Let the <clears throat> Let the spirit of God fan into flame back into life what is about to die. And then he says, I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. What What do you make of that, Pastor Akin? Um, yes. your, your deeds complete. Yes. Yes. That's picking up on one of the comments about the, you know, being alive and, and dead. It's like um, the comment that I was reading was was being very clear that this church to, to an outsider would appear to be um, to have a lot of works going on. So there'll be lots of meetings, you know, you know, committee things, things like that would be going on within the church. So it's it's not as though it was a church that was falling to pieces. You know, the pastor was about to resign and all of that sort of thing. It would appear to have that, that sense of life in it. And the, the Lord is in, you see verse two, when he says, be watchful, uh, like you rightly said, he's talking about the spiritual state of the, um, not just the leaders, but the whole church. Yeah. But then he says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. So there were some things in the church that the Lord actually saw that they, they needed to remain. And that was why he was saying that through their spiritual watchfulness, you know, through through their prayers, their, their time with, with, with the Lord, God, uh, devoting themselves to the, the doctrines of the apostles, through those things, that those things still needed to be strengthened. That it, it, it wasn't as though the church was a total write-off. There were still a few things there that he saw that were good, that had to, that he was encouraging them. And actually, if you like, giving that, that command for them to be watchful and to strengthen those things. And uh, then he goes on to say that, um, he said that, yeah, because he was actually said those things that they're actually they're ready to die. But he, it was as though he was making that comment. These, these things, you need to keep a hold of these things because there are still some things there that still need to remain. And he says, I found your works, um, that your works are not perfect before God. And a comment was made there about, you know, the, what, what are the, what's the, uh, if you like, the, the motivation for us? What, why are we doing what we're doing? And so there might be some works that they were doing there, which had the appearance of being alive, but God was saying that they were dead. Maybe there were things that they had been, that the Lord had actually started and initiated, but then he had moved on from those things. They, he was no longer working in those things. And uh, he was now saying that your works are not perfect before God. Were you doing them yeah. out of a heart to serve the Lord? Were you doing it out <clears> of a heart of love? And even yeah. though they were doing those things, those things were not pleasing to God. And yes, so God, yeah. I, I, in yeah. a sense, had, had moved on. From those things because he goes on to say remember therefore how you received and heard hold fast and repent so there were some things that they had received from the lord at the beginning the lord was saying that they should hold on to those things he's saying this in, in verse three but there were other things that uh, he was no longer happy with that those works had not been found to be perfect in his sight yes thank you yeah yes that's right the, you know maybe the motivations are talked about you know, just religious gatherings. And, and we've all got to, I think what's coming through here, if we think of application, is that, you know, the, the life of a Christian is a daily walk, is a daily living relationship, is something that needs to be taken every day, you know, and, and taken. It's not, you, you can't just live on yesterday's revelation, last week's revelation, and go through, like you were saying, Pastor Akin, um, you know, then it becomes religion. 
But like the manna was given every day in the desert and they had to find it, take it and eat it. You know, we have that old poem, uh, old song rather, read your Bible, pray every day, every day. It's a daily thing, a daily walk with God that keeps the heart right. It keeps the motivations right. If we uh, uh, otherwise, we're going to just go off into religion and um, and really, yeah, our our works and deeds will not be complete, will not be true and real, but there'll be hypocrisy and all these things. Let's see what Steve's uh, put here. I feel like the pastor draws back to the message, gift of salvation that we receive from Christ. We've got the gift, but we must be careful not to let it gather. There we are. Here we go. The materialistic nature of the church and such, they essentially thought they could buy their salvation almost. Yeah. Great, Steve. That's it. It's backing us up. The dock is backing up what we say here. <laughs> And we <laughs> thanks, Steve. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. And uh, yes, we need the fresh manna every day. D. Awesome. Brilliant. Now I'm going to say there. Remember what you received and heard. Obey it and repent. Now, if we think of that, what is it that you received? I received. If we're applying it to ourselves, what is it that they received? I mean, was it not the word of God? Was it not the revelation? Was it not, you know, the commission and the mission and all these things? You know, remember what you received, my word, and now obey it. Obey it. You know, you, you've you've fallen asleep. You've you've let it go. You've lost your first love. You're doing other stuff, religious things. Repent. And then it goes, if you do not wake up spiritually, of course, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. And as, as I read this, I was reminded of, um, uh, of, of a verse in, in Thessalonians where it says, you know, uh, the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But you are not of the night. You are, you know, you have my spirit, my people. So it will not overtake you this day like a thief. Those of us who are awake spiritually, we will be in relationship with the Lord. This is the promise. And we will know what God is doing and we'll have a sense of what the Lord is doing. And so we won't be kind of caught out, caught asleep. What, what do you think of that uh, idea? Um, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief in the night and you will not know. Ben, what about uh, you on this one? It's a repeat. It's a repeated phrase, isn't it? I'll come like a thief in the night. Thessalonians says it. Peter says it, and you know, here we are in Revelation talking about a thief in the night. And and harking back to what Aiken said about uh, how Sardis thought it was quite impregnable, and it was historically because of the cliffs they thought they couldn't be conquered, and they were quite proud of that fact. And that's where they kind of got a bit lazy because. Uh, where they were victorious in kind of open, direct battles, where they fell down in a couple of occasions, um, 6 BC and 3 BC, is because they were they were lazy and thinking they were impregnable, that, that no one could get to them. Uh, an army actually yeah. did scale the cliffs and get in through the back door like a thief in, like a thief. in the yeah, night, yeah. basically. And again, it's the, uh, you know, it's the, the metaphors of, of the the area that they're in there being used by John yes, to yes, say yes. You, know, you were conquered twice by unexpected people who snuck in like thieves. This is how the Lord is going to come in. And if you're not ready, you know, it'll, it'll be like that unexpected uh, invasion, yeah. unexpected capture, unexpected, um, you know, shock that the Lord is yes, coming. Yes. 
So it's really addressing kind of complacency, I would say, isn't it? Spiritual mm, yeah. complacency and, yeah. and and sleeping, sleeping on the job, really. Mm. Uh, yet there are a few people in Sardis, we think of that strength and what remains, who have not soiled their clothes. They walk with me dressed in white. I will never blot out their name, his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. So these ones, interestingly talking about they've not soiled their clothes, but they're, they're dressed in the robes of righteousness. It's sort of implying that those who have, have moved away from the, the spiritual living flow of, of God that, that cleanses continuously, doesn't it? The washing of the word. We, we read of the washing of the word in there and, and, and the washing of God's continual mercies that are new every day. You know, this living relationship. If we move out of that flow, we become soiled again, dirty again, um, and more and more. But, but it says that these have not soiled their clothes. They're walking with me. So there's that living relationship. You are walking with me. You're in relationship. You're dressed in my robes of righteousness. What about I will never blot out his name from the book of life? That's that's this person who is, um, you know, that he's talking about this type of person. And so what does this say? I will never blot out his name from the book of life, that person, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. So does that mean can your name be blotted out of the book of life? Surely is that not saying that is your name written in the book of life? That question is asked in the scriptures. And, you know, and then it talks here that the Lord could rub out your name from the book of life. Now I'm I'm just reading what it says here. What what do you think, gentlemen? What do you think who are who are listening on there? We want to submit to the scriptures, don't we? We we don't want to just um you know take what anyone else says, what we hear other people say. Let's see what the word of God says. And it seems to say the Lord is saying, Look, follow me, you know, worship me, follow me. I love you with all my heart, as as Pastor Akin was saying, I've given my life for you. But if you if you walk away from me, if you choose to leave me and, and, and just become spiritually dead, your name could be rubbed out from the book of life. Uh, uh, that's a controversial one, but not, not particularly for me. But uh, what, what do you want to say to this one, gents? I was going to say, on. Pastor, this, this one, it's one of those ones that, you know, we could devote the rest of the year to this. I think possibly, it, it, and, and not wanting to um, anyway trivialise this, because it, it, it is very, it's, it's yeah. very, very important. And it's, um, it's some, I think it's, it's quite sobering, and oh, it should be as well. So um, I think what you've, what, what you've rightly, I think you've rightly highlighted what how we should, as Christians uh, who are, followers of the lord how we should approach issues like this which in, in, as you said could be it could they could be controversial but maybe to try and take the controversy out of things is just to stick to what it, it says here so if Thank we just very, the lord's words well here he says in verse five i know i believe the new king he says that he he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and i will not blot out his name from the book of life uh, okay so when we, if we just stick to that and not like you said what other people have said it, it's it's quite clear here that the lord is, is saying that uh, to, to this church and to us as well that if we find ourselves 
in this situation where we're not walking with him, like he said, on a daily basis, like he said, when we first came to the Lord, what was our relationship like? I mean, we, we were so excited uh, about the fact that, you know, that the Lord had, had uh, forgiven us our sins. We were so excited that, uh, yes, we believed. Maybe we at, the, at that point in time, we hadn't been taught that our names were in the book of life, but we knew that we had a relationship with the Lord. And all that all that mattered to us the most in those in crucial yes. first hours, days or weeks or whatever it was, yes. was that everything it was all about him. We wanted yes. to read his word. We wanted to learn how to pray. We wanted to understand his word. We wanted to be in church all the time. That Those were the things that were crucial to us on a daily basis as well. Yes. It wasn't something that we thought, well, I'll just go to church on Sunday. No, we, it, we, well, that wasn't enough. We would read our Bibles as often as we could. We would pray as often as we could. We would ask as many questions as we could, that he, he was everything to us. So at that point in time, if we had read this and we and we had read this, he says, if you overcome, that would be the only thing that we want to, that was the only thing that, that would concern us. We would just be thinking to ourselves, right, this is what Jesus is saying to me here. He says, if I overcome and um, that my name will not be blotted out of the book of life. We wouldn't yes. be looking at any other angles. We wouldn't be looking at the contrary to this. No, that's all that we would be focusing on. We'll just be focusing on making sure that we will overcome. And if we found ourselves falling short in any area, what would we be doing? We'll be asking God for help, wouldn't we? Yes. We'll be saying, Lord, you know, this is what your word is saying. It says that if I overcome in this area, if I'm not complacent, if I'm not lazy, if I'm watchful, then you will not blot my name out of the land book of life. You know, yes. I want to be watched. Help me. That's yes. the, that's the, that yes. will be our attitude. That will be our heart towards reading something like this. So I think, like, you know, the controversy comes in where I think where we are becoming religious, where we are becoming lazy, and we're starting to look at other scriptures and say, well, you know, God can't put our name in and then erase it and then put it back in and erase it. We start looking for all of these other arguments yes. and excuses yes. to get around what yeah. he is saying, what he's telling us to repent of certain things that we're doing wrong. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would say, like you said, Pastor, let, let's just look at what the Lord is saying here. And like yes. you, and you start right at the beginning, you did give us that blessing of, 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 of reading yes. these words out and people yeah. will hear the word. But yes. there was also a warning at the end of it for those who would try to take things out or add things onto it. So taking this word as it is, what we should be focusing on is overcoming so that our names yes. are not blotted out of a land of God. Because God, that is what the Lord yes, is saying yes, here. Yes. Yeah. God means what he says and says what he means. Yes. Um, yeah. Or the other way around. But but I know this uh, interpretation. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, that's a great sort of uh, great illustration in life of, you know, the, the parents' love and discipline uh, that kind of come together. I was thinking the same about, you know, the father's love. But but also, you know, hey, you know, if you if you if you don't, if you misbehave, you, you're going to get the father's discipline as well. And uh, so then. How do we adjust our hearts? How do we overcome? Yes, I was going to say mm -hmm. that. So overcoming, what is overcoming? When it says to him who overcomes, I know time's moving on, but I think it's important that we think about what is it overcoming? What is overcoming and what are we overcoming? Ben, what, what, what's your take on overcoming and what are we overcoming? I think we're overcoming is in two ways, really. There's the external and there's the internal. The external kind of, overcoming is what is well, how the world influences us you know in, in our choices in our entertainments in uh you know in how we spend our lives and how we're influenced like you yeah, say a real, sort of, a real oh, christian is sorry a real christian is um you know someone who pursues the lord like pastor Aiken was saying you pursue the lord not just on a sunday you know you, you pursue him in every area of your life what you know you, you attitudes 
your family, your, your workplace, um, and that's that's your motivation for stuff. So overcoming, I guess, externally is, is that is is living your life in such a way where you're not. What's that that place they go to in John Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Um, Vanity Fair. Yeah. They go there, and there's all, all the stuff of the world to distract them from the path yes, to the celestial city. Yes, yes, and and that's the that's the external overcoming. The internal overcoming, I guess, is is what they're saying. You know, um, interesting in whatever version you've got, Pastor. And there was a couple of verses, but phrases missed out. Um, but it, it says, "Those that walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments." And I will never blot his name out. Um, and walking in white, that that is a kind of picture of of walking righteously, walk, you know, internally. Yes. Uh, God says he desires truth in the inward parts. That's right. And That's on, right. only you and God know what's going on in the inward parts, yes. what's going on in your mind. That's and right. I always yes. when I when I pray and I spend time with I have spent time with the Lord, I'm like I'm standing before and I'm like, God, I cannot hide one thing from you you know every intimate thought and every intimate uh, intimate motivation of my heart so lord help me in the process of of, of becoming a christian and being made holy by the the holy spirit help me lord highlight those things within me that i you know need to be overcome from my old human nature yeah. so overcoming you know in, in a sense and walking in white walking worthy uh, yeah. Are those things you now the external, outward stuff we need to watch mm. and be careful of, and and pursuing that inward transformation yes, that God yeah. offers yeah. to us? You know, sanctification, being made holy, is is for the Christian. It's for for us. You know, He invites us walk with Me and be made holy by walking with Me. That's what a pursuit, the pursuit of a Christian's heart should be. Yeah. Um, so it's overcoming sort of every obstacle to your faith and every enemy every attack of the enemy to to get you away from your faith and trust and uh yeah thanks d i like it she's put in that reference there they overcame him uh, anyway she reminds me of this they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and so there we do have an enemy as well who is looking to get us off from our faith and looking to drag us down but we overcome him by our faith in Jesus our relationship with Jesus we think of the blood of the lamb what he has done and and the work he he has done and the word of our testimony our speaking out our living uh faith so yeah we overcome the enemies to our faith and it's we have to persevere you know there there are times when things are tough and, and it, it relates to these many, you know, it right through the letters. And even in the next church, it says, you know, you had li little strength, but you have persevered. What does it say now about the church? You, you, you've endured patiently and, and, you know, through these trials. And so that's a big part of, of the walk is to endure and go through and walk and, and hold on to our faith. It's a big part of our development, our journey. Um, okay, so enduring. Well done, guys. Okay, he who has an ear, let him hear. Is there anything else? But I will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. 
There you go. You've got another reference there, a great reference to this is Jesus speaking. You will be acknowledged before my father and his angels. Whoever has an ear, let him hear. So how are we doing? We've got um, we've got about five minutes. Let's get into the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Um, these are the words of him who is holy and true. Other names of of Jesus. Who holds the key of David? What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. So speaking of the power and authority and, um, you know, what, what God will open for you and me and the church in our life, um, the authority he gives us, the, the, the power we have and, and um, in, in that. Um, and, and that's very assuring. I know your deeds. Again, every time, interestingly, I know your deeds, 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 deeds. Why does deeds keep coming up? I thought, you know, it's about faith and believing and, and we are saved through faith alone. And yet he says, he keeps saying all the way through every letter to the church, I know your deeds. I, I'm sorry to bring this up again, but I think it's so important that we we thrash this out so that we we truly are, you know, um, following the word of God. Pastor Akin, let's let's pick this one up again. I know your deeds. Yes, again, Pastor, I think it's something that we, we have said before, but I think it's important, like you said, we need to keep reminding ourselves about these things that um, that the Lord is is watching what how we're living. I know someone asked that question. I think maybe someone's asked the question because you raised it about what, what are we overcoming? Yeah. And these are some of the things that in, in our Christian walk that we have to overcome, that we don't become uh, complacent to the point where, you know, initially when, we, when we've come to the Lord, there, there are things that, um, you know, we, we, that I'm sure each and every Christian will testify that when they came yeah. to the Lord, they were they were um, immediate changes in oh, the way yes, that we yes. started to live our lives, immediate changes in the way that we things that we started to do. And some of those changes were probably in in terms of what we what we might call deeds or works so just by way of an example we might have seen people who have been in need before and i'm talking about physical need here now maybe they needed some money they need some clothes they need some food and before we became christians we might have just thought you know nothing to do with me they're not related to me or anything yes, and yes. we just you know just go on with our lives but once we receive christ into our lives then we have a different perspective on things like that and so and by faith you know when we see people who are in need yes. whether we know them or not whether they can repay us or not we feel uh, that at that time we, we might feel that we're moved to that. We, I, I need to do something. I need to give some money. I need to provide some clothing. I need to give some food to these people. And that that's a deed. That's a work. That's something that God yes, sees yes, yes. and something that he appreciates. You know, we even see in, in the scriptures where the where the Lord is saying, you know, that there was a time when I was hungry and you gave me food. You know, I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. You know, when yes, I was in prison, yes. you came to visit me. I was, when I was in hospital, you came to, you prayed for me. And he's like, people were asking him, Lord, when did I do this? And he says, as much as you did it for, you know, someone else, you did it for me. Yeah. So there are works that, um, you know, that God is looking for, you know, like good works that yes. he has prepared for us to yes. do. And we should never get to the place where, and this can happen when we become complacent, where we've done things before and we think, you know what, I don't need to do that anymore. Yes. But I think yes. mother yourself or Ben mentioned it, we become comfortable, we become complacent and we think, I don't need to do that anymore. As long as I'm just, you know, I don't want to say just praying because praying is also a good thing, but as long as I just do this now, then that's fine. I don't need to do anything else. And we can become religious, can't we? Where we're no yes. longer looking to produce any works or any deeds 
that were, that the Lord will be delighted in. So, yes, ju just to try and summarize this quickly again, God is looking at well, how we are living our lives, what we're doing with our lives. Yes. And uh, there are works that, uh, as James says, you know, you, you said that you have faith, but where I can show you my faith by the things that I'm doing. So yes. I, I am praying, I'm going, I'm sharing the gospel, I'm helping people. And James is very practical, isn't he, in these things as well. He actually mentions these things and says, you know, so, you see yeah. a brother in need, don't just say, God bless you, brother. But he said, if you have money, give it to him. If he needs it, if he needs clothing, give it to him. So, yes, there definitely are deeds which the Lord is looking at to see if they are, if they are um the deeds that the Father is pleased in. Yes, thank, thanks. Yes, thank you for your comments as well, our thoughts and actions are thank you peggy yes they're they're affected moved by the lord you know and change and yes steve uh, our deeds are acting out of our true beliefs you know the the deeds will be an outworking of what is in the heart out of the heart very good yeah so in if if you like the deeds is revealing what is truly within and and so we're not saved by deeds at all we're saved by faith but the deeds show they're kind of like a, oh yeah you know it's almost a reflection of the faith that is within us a true faith and and we go back to that phrase you know i don't find you your your works are complete you know there was something that um there was something missing there but these god is looking for that true life of of faith reflected in deeds and he will help us he will strengthen us yes peggy god helps us and he he is the one it says um he causes us to will and to act according to his good purpose as we're surrendered to him you know it's not of course it's all his work yes and our job is to surrender to him submit to him to come to him daily and say lord here i am i'm just a man of flesh i want you to change me help me fill me with your spirit make me alive today cleanse me from you know the, the the impure thoughts the impure motivations the the impure things and and make me you know a true worshipper worship is not an in inward it is an expression on what god has put in our deeds our acts of worship yeah absolutely jay that's from jay who leads the worship at bright city church brilliant you know let your your bring your offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to, to do good deeds. This is your spiritual act of worship. So true. Worship's not singing a song. Worship is not a song. It is a life of, of, of deeds, serving the Lord through faith that is a gift from God. And um, it brings joy, joy, joy. And it brings a fulfilled life. Uh, living, you know, not not thinking about ourselves all the time, not focused on on me, myself and I, which is dead boring. I mean, goodness me, if all I had to hang around with was Ian Fowkes and think about Ian Fowkes. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Life would be so miserable. And yet when, you know, you're involved with other people and, and God is helping you, this is life and abundant life. Amen. So uh, great. We've come to the end of our time, friends. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the input as well from everyone. It's been uh, really great. We didn't quite get to the end of the church in Philadelphia, but we will pick up next week and see if we can do Philadelphia and, is it Laodicea? The last church? Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Pastor Akin, last words before we say goodnight. Before we say goodnight, let 
let's um, let's be overcomers so that the Lord will not blot out our names from the book of life. Amen. How about that one? That's a good one. Ben, can you add to that? Just remember that he holds the keys to the kingdom, just like he says in here. And in the ancient world, key holders held the keys to very precious and uh, amazing places. And our Lord holds the key yes. to the kingdom. He is the one who holds yes. the key to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Have a fantastic week coming up. Thanks. Good night. <laughs> and God bless. Good night, everyone.